Today is Tuesday, the 29th of January, 2019. Now you have been here for eight days practicing metta meditation. And now that you have been practicing metta meditation for eight days, your metta has become quite full. <laughs> Yesterday, in the late afternoon, Sayadaw did interviews with ten yogis. And um, all, this all, all the yogis' metta was, um, was quite good. <laughs> Saying their metta was quite good, that means that they are able to continuously cultivate and develop metta. And when one is able to cultivate metta continuously, uninterruptedly, then one is able to, to taste the peacefulness of metta, to taste the softness or gentleness of metta. And also there can arise joy, happiness, and sometimes the mind, the heart gets bright. And so it can be a light, a bright light. Sometimes it's um, a color, like a colorful light that arises in the mind. However, one should not expect for such an experience to arise. Because such experiences are an effect or a result of the practice. So when one is practicing metta meditation and the practice becomes good, is going well, then such experiences can arise as an effect of one's metta practice. So, 
with these kind of experiences that can arise as a result of the practice. So on the one hand, one should not hope for these experiences to arise. One should not expect them to arise. And also on the other hand, if they do not arise, if they do not appear, then one should not um, be disappointed about it. But one, what one should do is simply to continue to do the practice, to cultivate loving-kindness. So this is cause and effect. So if one Mm. If one works on the causes, if one um, puts up what can be a cause, a condition, then that will automatically uh, give rise to an effect, to a result. So once a cause is there, one cannot prevent the effect from arising. So if one doesn't work on the causes, if one does not establish the cause, or if one does not establish the cause fully or completely, then the effect will not arise, or only partly. And even though uh, if one wishes the effect to arise, it won't arise because the necessary causes are not there. If we want an effect, a result, then we must uh, lay the necessary causes and conditions. If one wants a good result or effect, one must uh, establish a good cause or work on a good cause condition. If one establishes a good uh, cause, good condition, then a good result, a good effect will uh, arise. And once, when, once a good condition, a good foundation, a good cause is laid down, then one does not need to wish for a good result or one does not um, need to hope or expect a good result. Naturally, as a natural law, a good result will arise. So, as an example that all of you uh, are familiar with, 
to cook rice on an electric stove. So, uh, to cook rice in a rice cooker, so you put in the rice, you put in water, just one finger with um, more water than the rice, and then you turn on the switch, and then gradually the rice will be cooked, it will become soft, and when all the water um, is used up, um, when there is no more water left, then the rice is cooked and the switch will turn off. So there is no need to, to, to hope for something. Once you turn on the switch, then uh, everything will happen by itself and the rice will get cooked. So then the rice being cooked, uh, ready to eat, that's the effect, that's the result. And putting the rice and the water into the rice cooker and then turning on the switch, these are the causes. So, what one needs to do is three things. The first thing is to put rice into the cooker. The second thing is to put water into the rice cooker. The third thing is to turn on the switch of the rice cooker. So these are the three causes that are necessary and after that the rice uh, will be cooked. So if these three uh, causes, conditions, are not present, then one will not get cooked rice. So, um, out there in the world, it's a worldly law, there are no results or effects um, devoid of causes and conditions. So if there are effects or results, they are all due to certain causes or conditions. So, um, 
So if you have, like in this metta meditation practice, if you have experiences like that the mind becomes bright or, you know, within the body it feels bright and light or if certain colors arise in your mind, these are all results or effects uh, of the metta practice. So if one engages in the metta meditation practice diligently and sincerely, then these effects, these experiences will naturally arise. There is no need to hope uh, for them. There is no need to wish them to arise. And once such uh, experiences do arise in the practice, one should not simply enjoy these experiences. So if one simply enjoys these experiences or if one gets attached to these experiences, this means that tanha loba, craving, uh, attachment is present. And as such, craving and attachment, that's a hindrance for the metta meditation practice. So if one um, is enjoying such experiences, if one is attached to them, then this may result in uh, that the metta becomes weaker or that it disappears. And as a result of that, then one is not able to experience even deeper or better states of metta. That's why Sayadaw um, wants you to engage in the metta practice continuously, uninterruptedly, like the hands of a clock that move constantly without stopping. And when we <clears throat> do the metta meditation practice, we should look at the good side or we should see the good side. So, let's say a person, uh, in regard to a person, um, a person has not only a good side or only good sides, but also a person does not have only 
a bad side. So, uh, for a person, there are three levels of actions. One is actions uh, of the body, bodily actions. This is called kaya kama. Then there are actions of speech. This is called vachikama. And there are actions of mind, which is called manokama. So it's very rare to find a person whose three levels of actions are only bad or harmful. It's also very rare to find a person whose three levels of actions are only good or wholesome. For example, there are persons whose bodily actions are bad, not good, so their kaya kama is not good, but then their vachikama, their speech, and their manokama, their thoughts, or their mental attitude are good. Or else there are persons whose speech is not good or bad, so their vachikama is bad. However, their bodily actions, kayakama, and their mental actions, thoughts, manokama, they are good. Or else, there are also persons whose thoughts or mental states are bad, so their manokama is bad. However, their bodily actions, kayakama, and their speech, vachikama, are good. So in this way, uh, there are different kinds of persons. Now, when we engage in the metta meditation practice, so in regard to a person, we should see and find out which kind of action is good um, at that person. So to see whether their bodily actions, kaya kama, are good, or whether their vachikama, 
speech is good, or whether their thoughts, mental attitude, manokamma, is good. So, for example, there is a person um, whose kayakama bodily actions are bad, harmful, but that person's vachikama speech and manokama uh, thoughts, mental attitude are good. So when we call metta for such a person, we should not pay attention to this person's um, bodily actions, the, which are bad, not good. So then one should rather focus, uh, direct the mind to that person's speech, vachikama, and thoughts or mental attitude, manokama, which are good. Or, um, as a second example, let's say there is a person whose vachikama, whose speech, the, the way the person uh, speech, uh, speaks, is bad or harmful, but that person's bodily actions, kayakama, and that person's thoughts, mental attitude, manokama, they are good. So when one practices metta meditation for this kind of person, one should not pay attention to that person's speech, the way the person uh, speaks, because it's bad or unwholesome. One should rather focus uh, on that person's bodily actions, kayakama, and that person's thoughts, mental attitude, manokama, which are good. So then one should direct one's attention to that person's bodily actions or a mental attitude. And the third example, let's say a person's manokama, person's thoughts, mental attitude is bad and unwholesome. However, that person's bodily actions, kayakama, that person's speech, vajikama, is good. So then, taking such a person as the object for one's metta meditation, one should not direct the mind to that person's 
thoughts or state of mind which is bad, one should rather direct one's attention to that person's bodily actions, kayakama, or to that person's speech, vachikama, which are good. So in regard to this point, Sayadaw will tell a story of three friends. In a certain village, there were three friends. And one day, they had a meal together. So these three, uh, three friends were having a meal together, and then two friends said to the one friend, um, "You know, your wife, um, her, your wife's speech is very bad. Um, you know, we, these two friends, we would not take your wife as." a wife, because her speech is so bad. So then the first friend said, well, um, even though the speech of my Wife is bad, but her physical actions, what she does, what she works, is very good. She does her work very well. She is very uh, obedient. That is why I love her. And then the two friends said to the second friend, you know, the, the physical actions of your wife are really harsh and bad. The way she does things, it's, it's, it's not good, it's bad. So we too, we would not take such a woman 
as our wife. And so then to this, this second friend replied, well, yes, it's true, the physical actions of my wife, they are rough and harsh. However, her speech is very good. Her speech is very sweet and soft and gentle, and she can speak in a way that pleases me, and that's why I love her. And then the first two friends said to the number three friend, you know, your wife, her physical actions are rough and bad, and also her speech is rough and bad. So, you know, we cannot understand why you took her as your wife. In our case, we would not marry such a woman. And so to this, the third friend then replied, well, you know, you only see or know her physical actions, her speech, which are rough and seem to be bad. However, her mind um, is very good. She has a very good attitude. She takes care of me. She loves me. And that's why I have taken her as my wife. So, um, you know, all the three friends, they, they see the good side of their wives. And so in this way, they, they have taken this woman as, a, as their wife. So they stay together and uh, they do not separate from each other. So if the men would only look at the bad side of their wives, then it would not be possible for them to live together. It would not be possible for them to love each other. Good. 
However, these three men, they look at the good side of their wives, and in this way, it's possible for them to live together, to stay together, so they stay together, they do not uh, separate from each other. So, uh, remember this story, uh, take the point of this story, and in your metta-meditation practice, for whoever you cultivate metta, look at the good side of this person. So do not look at the bad side of the person or at this um, uh, at these um, things in the person which could cause uh, anger or hate uh, to arise. Just do not incline the mind to these sides of the person. So the Buddha um, used an example of a man who was traveling uh, in order to illustrate the point of how to practice metta. So, a certain man was uh, on a journey and it was uh, on a hot day or in a hot climate. So it was in the hot season, so it was really very hot, and the man uh, on his walk, on his journey, uh, was getting very tired, and he was getting hungry. Sorry, he was getting thirsty. And he was getting so thirsty that he could no longer uh, continue to walk. So he was looking for water and he actually found uh, a pond filled with water. However, the pond was covered with algae, so there was this layer of algae on the water. So all he could see was the algae, but he couldn't see the water. So the man had found a pond, and it had actually water, 
but the water was covered with algae. So then the man reflected what to do, and so he realized that he would need to remove the algae uh, with his hand in order to get to the clear water. So he went down to the pond with his hand, removed the algae from the surface of the water, and then with his hand, uh, taking, scooping the water and drinking it. So then the man, the traveler, uh, was able to drink water and uh, he could drink until he was no longer thirsty and with that also his tiredness disappeared and he felt refreshed. And so with that he could continue his journey. So this man who was so thirsty, he found this pond, but seeing that the water was covered with algae, if the man had just paid attention to the algae on top of the water and with that would have concluded that he could not uh, drink the water, so then not being able to drink or not drinking the water, then he would stay uh, thirsty and because of not drinking, he could even have died. But this man, you know, seeing the algae on the surface of the water, he did not blame the algae for being on the surface of the water. He did not find fault with that. He simply removed the algae with his hand and so he could get the clear water, was able to drink it, and with that the thirst disappeared, he got refreshed and he could continue his journey. And so likewise for you, metta meditation yogis, meditators, um, so do not 
look for the faults or shortcomings of the persons for whom you cultivate metta, but rather look at the good side, at the good qualities of that person. Because if you look at the faults, at the shortcomings of the person, then uh, your metta meditation practice will not go well. But looking at the good side, so with that uh, you are able to cultivate, to develop uh, metta, loving kindness. So, if um, if the if you look only at the bad side of that person who is the object for your meta meditation, meaning if you only pay attention to the faults or the shortcomings of that person, then you as a metta meditator, you would not be able to, so to speak, drink the clear metta water and not being able to drink the clear metta water, um, you might even die. However, if you look at the good side, at the good qualities of the person who is the object for your metta meditation, then, so to speak, you will be able to drink the clear metta water. And by drinking the clear metta water, you will experience the beneficial results or effects of the practice. And also, by drinking the clear metta water, you will be able to experience even the metta jhanas, the absorptions based on metta. And um, with the attainment of the metta jhana, then you will be able to reach either the Deva realm or the Brahma realm. So that's why in your metta meditation practice you should always see the good side, the good qualities of a person. Um, only in this way will the quality of metta um, become strong. So now 
in your metta meditation practice, you are cultivating metta for a dear person, a close friend, and actually you're also already doing it for a second dear person. So, having changed to the second dear person, um, it might have been a bit more difficult at the beginning to cultivate the metta for the second dear person. However, as one meditator related uh, yesterday in the afternoon in the interview to Sayadaw, uh, he said that, yes, at the beginning it was a bit more difficult for the second dear person, but then after a while of cultivating metta for the second dear person, it became easy, easier, and he said that uh, the practice was going very well and he didn't need to, um, uh, to make a special effort to cultivate the metta. So, at the beginning of changing to a different person, it can happen that the practice is not going so well for a little while. However, if one simply continues with one's practice, then after some time, usually uh, it will go easily and well uh, again. And today, please continue to cultivate metta for a dear person or a good friend. So you can choose a third good friend. So, you know, you have cultivated metta for the first good friend and that has been going well then you have changed to the second good friend and if this also has been going well then now change to the third good friend or dear person so now, when you change to the third good friend, it can happen that at the beginning uh, the practice is not going so well, that it is a bit difficult, or it also may be that you need to put more effort into the practice, into cultivating metta. So, um, 
So that's why uh, you should start with the first good friend and then change to the second good friend. So to make the meta strong and then from there change to the third good friend. So then when you are cultivating metta for the third good friend, you know, if it's possible and the quality of metta is there, simply continue with the third good friend. However, if it's not going well, if the quality of metta is not there, then go back to the first good friend to let the feeling of metta arise until it goes well, then go to the second good friend um, to make the metta strong, and from there go to the third good friend. So, you know, whenever um, the meta practice is not going well for the third good friend, you may always return to the first or second good friend to build up uh, the meta to make it strong and from there go to the third good friend. So something that you have to be careful of is that when you have decided who is your third good friend, when you have chosen this person, then please stay with that person and that person only. As you are cultivating metta for this third good friend, you know, other good friends may pop up in your mind. They may, may appear in your mind. But, you know, as they do, try to ignore them. Try not to pay attention to them, but keep your mind focused on the third good friend that you have chosen. And another point uh, to be careful of is, you know, once you have chosen a good friend, a person, as the object of your metta meditation, then it can, then sometimes this person <coughs> uh, is uh, sick or has other problems in their lives. And so then one starts um, to worry or one 
uh, starts to feel sad and uh, suffering arises. And when these worries, when this, uh, when the sadness arises, then with that, the quality of metta disappears. So then, when, you know, on account of a person's sickness, not being, not feeling well, um, when this kind of worries and sadness arises, so one um, must be careful about it. And what one then should do is rather to have this strong wish, metta wish, that the person becomes free of their suffering or free of their sickness. So, for example, let's say you're cultivating metta for your mother, but your mother is sick. So then, you know, one should um, cultivate this heartfelt wish for the mother's disease to disappear. For example, say, uh, wishing, may my mother's disease disappear, may my mother's disease disappear, or just wishing her to be healthy and well. May my mother be healthy and well. However, if one is not able to cultivate metta in this way for a sick person, um, then it would be better to drop this person and to choose another uh, dear person or good friend. So, you know, for whatever reason there may be, try not to lose the, the, the metta in your heart uh, and your mind try not to be or try not to stop uh, the metta uh, in your heart, in the mind. Try not to have gaps of metta in your heart and mind. So, please continue to practice metta meditation in this way and by practicing
practicing metta meditation in this way, may you become noble and virtuous people experiencing all the benefits of the metta meditation practice. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.